I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. on here that we could potentially interview in the coming one so we'll talk about that when we're done recording that'd be cool but today we're doing what we used to call an accountability update except we're not really we're not calling it an accountability update yeah so we're gonna call gonna, it chit chat with ben and steven no that sucks we're gonna call it coffee with ben and steven neither one of us has coffee we're gonna call it h2o huh? <laughs> <laughs> We do both have water. We do have um, water. No, so we're not quite sure what we're going to call this yet. I'm sure we'll have wordsmithed that by the time you guys are listening to it. A week Honestly, from today. it's been a while since we got to just chat. So we're just going to kind of chat. We had a lot of interviews and uh, someone had mentioned like, what's going on with you guys? Like we haven't heard anything from you guys in a while. Yeah. So yes, first this is what's coming to you live. Well, that was, at one point we were live. Well, we're live, we're live right now, now. But not, I guess, later. From but, yeah. fellow co-working, Burgundy Room. We went back-to-back-to-back interviews. That's the first time we've done that. Three weeks in a row, interviews. Three very different interviews as well. Three very different people. Good Good ones, yeah. Lots of great feedback. So we started with the budget mum. 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 With an O. Mum with an O. She was wonderful. Kamiko or Miko. Yep. Um, We had a little snafu where I'd spelt her name wrong on one of the descriptions. (laughs) It was an autocorrect. It wasn't me. I spelled no, it, it correctly once, and it then did the auto-correct. second time it changed it. Because I typed it, and it did the same thing. So yeah, we had to basically re-put that one up. So now we've yeah. got two of those in the back end, which is kind of funny. Paul Johnson, another good interview. Learned yeah, all about good. Amazon. Totally. And then Sean Wheeler, that went live today, and that's a yep. good one. We get some good stories there. That is. Including It'll be fun to have on again some point around leadership and the course that he's going through. So if you haven't listened to that one... Give it a listen. Yeah, did I tell you what I've done with Sean? I don't think we can do it together. You're not allowed two people at the same time, but you, you can better do get it some separately. context really quick. Um, I'm going on a ride along with him next week. Really? Ooh, yeah, so I'm going to be with him from like 10 in the morning to like 2.30 or 3 in the afternoon. Sweet. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I have to sign a waiver and all that. Yeah, that'd be fun. So get to see Spokane's best. I like it. Maybe we'll have to talk about how that goes. Yeah, if we'll you wanted to do it, you chat. can do it. We'll do a little 10-minute um, chat. I was going to ask you, whatever happened with your buddy that was going to go bring homelessness issue? Like, I haven't talked to him for a minute. He I know said he's still he was coming to the, Spokane. Yeah, he's still doing all the stuff in, um, in Greenock in Glasgow. I, I probably owe him a conversation, actually. We haven't 
talked since we talked about yeah. that specifically. I know he was looking at flights and he was trying to offset the cost a little bit, which I'm happy to help him with, but we'll see. There you um, go. Yeah. So the format for today, which we were thinking, is each of us would take 15 minutes. 10, 15 minutes. Whatever it is. Give you a little update on how we're doing, what's new in life, and then uh, take 10, 15 minutes again to chat on a particular topic. Leadership mm-hmm. is the topic for this year. Stephen and I are both in a, in a devotional group right now that we happen to be reading through the same plan. And this morning's thing was on kind of passion and, and bringing passion to your to your career and job, but also mm-hmm. those in leadership. It's centered around leadership, this particular devotional. Uh, passion to leadership. So we we're going to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I think the thinking I had at the time when I called you about this was like UFC. So you have two undercards. You, what you bring to the table, what I bring to the table, and then the main event, we're both going to kind of square off on it. But we agree on a lot, so it might not even be squaring off. Yeah, I was like, I don't know why we would be squaring off. But that was just the thought I had. Um, Everything in your mind has to be a fight, doesn't it? And we don't know what we're going to call it. We don't know how this is going to be received, but it's just like a slight format change. Because we felt like our accountability updates quite often, it was basically just us bringing shit and talking yeah. about it. So Here's the cool part. It's our podcast. So we can do whatever we want. Yep. So Ben, do you want People to go can first? Also not listen. Uh, no, I was thinking you should go first. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody, hold on to your hats here because this is going to be heavy. Unfortunately, it's been a heavy few days. So it is the twenty seventh of January, one day after. Kobe Bryant's unfortunate accident with his daughter and obviously eight other people there or seven other people with his daughter in California. Anybody that knows me knows Kobe Bryant literally has been part of my life since I was 15 years old. Not on a personal level, never met him unfortunately. It was on my bucket list. I even had stellar dreams of having him on this podcast at some point. There probably isn't a part of Kobe's career that I can't talk about in depth. So I talked about 15 years old, I remember. Mm-hmm. The way I consumed basketball growing up was a week in arrears. I had to buy magazines and such that were basically giving me last week's sports news. If I was watching it, it was on a magazine show on a Saturday morning. If I was lucky enough to have a friend with Sky TV, which is the equivalent of cable over here, I would set a recorder in their house, maybe get the odd game and watch that. But... When Kobe was drafted by the Lakers, I've been a Lakers fan my whole life. I remember telling anybody that would listen that this guy was going to be as good as Michael Jordan. And he was technically as good as Michael Jordan, one championship short. It's the only, it's the, literally the only differentiating factor I have between Michael Jordan being the greatest and Kobe Bryant being the second greatest of all time. Um, and then, yeah, his entire career, so uh, the... 2000, 2001, 2002 titles I watched in Scotland stayed up late, I was an adult at that point, so yeah, stayed up late did a lot of um, a lot of late night watching basketball 04 I was here in the States when they lost in the finals and then Shaq was traded away um, 05, 06, 07, 08 essentially Kobe Bryant was the best player in the league nobody could touch him that's when he was putting up 60 points at Madison Square Garden, 61 at Madison Square Garden, sorry, 81 against the Raptors. Just literally untouchable. I don't think there was a player on earth that mm. could have beat him in their prime. Then the 109 in 2010, he got two on his own, 
which gave him the validation. A lot of people have shared their best memories of Kobe Bryant. My best memory of Kobe Bryant is literally his final game. I got to spend it with my mum, my dad and a group of friends in Seattle and watch it and I'll never forget that night. I had tears in my eyes as he scored 60 points. I think that's when my mum actually realised that the guy had a lot to do with my mentality and not failing. And um, yeah, I mean, he's got two numbers retired. After he's finished basketball, he's got an Oscar. You know, he's been an advocate for women, women's sports. He literally pays attention to the WNBA. His daughters, he's an amazing father. And since yesterday, I've had a lump in my throat and have been a few words away from crying. Not just based on this, just everything else that's been going on and, you know, I think I've mentioned that I'm not with Jenna anymore and I've never wanted to hug somebody as much as I need I want a hug from Jenna right now and I'm being fucking stubborn and not doing anything about it. Um, so there's more to this. Scotland's only ever NBA player, Robert Archibald, died at the weekend as well. How 30, old? 39 years old. Good Lord. And guess who got to play against him and with him when he was growing up? You or this Kobe, guy. I was going to say, which one? Yeah. So we played for Dumbarton, or sorry, Dunfermline. Um, we were in a few of the uh, development squads when we were younger. Um, and just, it was a heavy weekend. And Isn't it funny how sometimes it all just comes in one foul swoop? It's like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. There's thing. actually a picture, and I can show you off air, of Robert playing for the Great Britain basketball team at the Olympics against Kobe. Oh, defending okay. him and we're talking about a guy that's 6'11 trying to defend yeah. Kobe Bryant he shouldn't have been anywhere near him but yeah so it was a heavy you know lots of reflection talk about somebody that's touched so many lives the outpouring that you've seen for the last 24 hours has been well it flooded Instagram and Facebook spectacular right what he's done how he's touched people the mentality I think that's the most I can point to interviews I can point to books and excerpts I've read podcasts and just how he broke down everything he did and became borderline obsessive on not just winning but applying everything he had to just figuring out problems and yeah we talk about me having that competitive edge and that's the guy that's 100% responsible for it literally shaped my adulthood so we should blame him he grew up he grew up in front of me I grew up sort of at the same time as him yeah I, I mean I can keep going but um, yeah it's heavy and I, I tell you yesterday my phone blew up between Facebook text messages Instagram people I haven't talked to in 20 plus years they people that remembered that like. me from high school yeah and running around in a Kobe Bryant jersey which I had to mail order because there was no internet and and had people asking me who, who's who's the Bryant guy, and people asking if I was okay. Like, hey, I know. And I mean, you've seen it. I'm, mm-hmm. I post videos every now and again and quotes, and this happens. And I've basically been radio silent on the social media. I just I, I don't know how to how to verbalize it, how to put it in words. Yeah. It. Uh, well, to your point, it's someone you looked up through for most of your adult. Well, fifteen on. You said right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you try to model your life off of somebody that you admire and then all of a sudden you had aspirations of meeting them and all that type of stuff and it's gone it's it, 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 i mean it's death 
right? I mean, yeah. death is a weird thing in terms of that it just suddenly ends. And a lot mm-hmm. of the, the hopes and dreams and things that you carried with you forcibly end as well. Yeah. And I would go as far as to say, look, it comes to all of us. If you think you're not going to death. die. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out alive if you heard that. Yep. And in his 41 years, God, he lived more life than a lot of us living double or triple that amount of time. Surely accomplished a lot. Very accomplished. Very, um, just, he, I, th- I think he'd have been pleased with what, how he did it. But I also think sometimes the, the greatest, they just, they want to f- burn out instead of fading away. I couldn't imagine him fading away into obscurity, you know? Yeah. Um, feel for his wife, feel for the kids, feel for everybody else's families that were involved in, you know, the crash there. Obviously, there's a lot of people processing it today. It touched a lot yeah. of lives. Well, I walked into the office this morning, and two of the guys were sitting there talking about it, too. And then that's when Jake asked me, how's Steven doing? <laughs> it's like, I know he, he's a Kobe Bryant fan. Yeah. but um, I didn't wear so, any Kobe gear today. I, I, it's funny. I looked, A lot of black, though. And I thought about it. Well, I've got, you know, I've got a Kobe shirt for every month, know, every day of the month. You're, it's like in, you're in mourning. It's all black today. <laughs> that wasn't intentional. <laughs> I, wear, I wear blacks and greys a lot. It's just how you feel. Um, yeah. So what else is new? Heart's heavy. Um, so I did my sales training last it was week. like you had some, yeah, yeah, say, had some cool stuff happen too. It a wasn't lot like, of cool stuff's going on as well. And that's, you know, I don't have time to. need to focus on the cool stuff and positives. Well, I try to. I don't have time to sit around and mope. <laughs> just because I do keep myself busy. But yeah, I, uh, I delivered a training to Whitworth last week, which was really well received. Um, lots of great feedback on it. I put together basically a three-hour presentation on the first half was convincing them that they are salespeople. A lot of people don't want to admit that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, sales is a and nasty this was, word. This was their uh, financial aid people. So it's basically when, when you get an offer they'll call and go through the numbers with you and I listened in on some calls and for all intents and purposes they were just getting straight to the meat and potatoes of it like the numbers and you can probably relate to this nobody wants to talk to a stranger about their personal finances right how much yeah, do you have saved does that happen do you have a 529 yeah. plan you know are you able to work extra how do we make this affordable so yeah, we, we showed them first and foremost, hey, people are making decisions based on what you're doing. So whether you want to accept it or not, you're in sales and you can be good at sales or you can be bad at sales. And we gave them sort of the, the typecast for a, a good salesperson, relational, you know, uh, problem solver, like somebody that is an advocate for them versus someone that's got the cigar in their mouth and trying to get them to drive off the lot in a car with the engine that falls out 300 yards down the road and there's no warranty. Yep, all sales are final type thing. So trying to get them to see that, and then the, the last half of it was sort of taking the calls that they make and giving them a different structure for them. So giving them essentially a forecast at the start, setting objectives, still doing the nasty part, but actually getting to know some people first and getting some positive emotions, making them feel comfortable before you jump into that, and then at the end basically summarizing everything and here's what we did, here's where we're at, and either hey, can we move forward with assuming that little Johnny's coming to Whitworth? Or, you know, here's a follow-up plan for the information that you still need that we haven't given you and we're going to get that to you on this date and just creating follow-ups and, you know, traditional sales stuff that they don't think about because that's not their world. So, yeah, it was really good. Um, And I'll tell you the best piece of feedback I got, and it was completely unconscious to me until Friday night. So I went for dinner with two of the people 
on Friday night, one of the VP and the lady who actually brought me this opportunity and believed that I could do it. And he said to me um, afterwards, you came up to Tracy and I sort of finished the presentation. And again, I didn't think anything of it until he pointed it out and turned it back around on me. He said, you didn't come and say, how did I do? You came up and you said, hey, do you think everybody got something from this and do you think it was impactful? And again, I didn't think anything of it. It's just how I felt and what I said. But he's like, that's just not how most people operate. He's like, I've seen a hundred presentations from people and they come up and they say, how did I do? And yeah, so that was the best piece of feedback I got, but lots of really positive feedback. Nice pat on the back. Yeah. Nice. So Traveling anywhere? Me? Yeah, going anywhere? I'll be going to Louisville first week of March. Kentucky? Yeah, so our service center's down there, and that's where they're taking us for our Diamond Conference. So top performers, we all fly in there, and they'll look after us. So we'll get to see the Muhammad Ali statue. I'm sure we'll do an event at Churchill Downs. Sweet. Um, And then we'll do some other cool things. So the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame's there. And Louisville's a cool city. Lots of bourbon. Never been. Lots of bourbon. You can try (laughs) bourbon for days. You're going to bring me some back? Sure. Do you want me to? Yes. (laughs) Trick question. So... Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Do you want me to bring you back bourbon? From... What kind of question is that? I don't know. So I probably should take this opportunity to apologize that this is heavy. I haven't done this for a while where I've just unloaded. I'm kind of, I go through these phases where I don't cry and I should cry and I can't cry. And for a long time, I kind of wrestled with myself thinking I was a fucking sociopath. And then, do you know what actually got me to cry yesterday? It was just a thing on TV when I got home. And it wasn't even sad. It was watching Kobe Bryant lift championships. That's always been my Achilles heel. I could be watching the world championships of the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen, whether it be um, tiddlywinks. Which, have I told you what that is? Like I could be, and, and, and then when someone lifts a trophy, it just gets me in the feelers. Like I've just wired like that, and that's what got me. But no, today it's been like it's heavy, heart's heavy, soul's heavy. Still full of shit and making jokes here and there, but it's kind of in defiance as opposed to feeling that way, you know. So I'm sorry if this has been kind of sappy. We are 18 minutes in total. <laughs> I won't take 18. I'm going to kick it over to Ben. So that's basically my little... I've got a working title here, Mental Health Pulse, or update. Um, yeah, part of this was leadership and mental health, a combination of the two, right? It's. I don't know if it's this time of year, maybe, you know? I mean, we're in the first quarter of the year. It's January. This is a rough time of year in general, right? And everybody's moods are a little more somber, purely because it's dark from like 8 a.m. to 4... Or it's only... <laughs> I guess, excuse me, it's only light from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. So it's just like you go to work in the dark and you come home in the dark. So it's kind of like, man, you just can't do anything. You're sitting around and you're getting fatter and everything like that. And it's it's a tough time, tough time. But mm-hmm. um, Why are you whispering? Why are you whispering? I got a secret. You know, we've been recorded, right? <laughs> this goes out to lots of people. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the, the last month or so... As uh, I was telling Lauren, I was like, I feel like I've been running a marathon, right? And it's like, and you finish the marathon, you're like, 
Whew, a break and you get like a half an hour break and then you're like okay next marathon it's like that was not enough time it was not enough and you're still heaving and so it's like uh due for a a break here soon uh that'll happen <laughs> if not soon in at least the next month we're going to walla walla with some friends so looking forward to that for a long weekend thanks for the invite yeah, well, I said friends. And so, <laughs> Prick. <laughs> that was quick, huh? But so every January, February, like it's their anniversary. It's our birthdays, right? In January, being January, we would, instead of buying each other presents like Lauren and I, we're like, let's just go somewhere and do something. Have a fun experience, right? I hope we like believe it or not. Yeah, go have experience versus more crap. And so we... Uh, we're going to go to Walla Walla for a couple of nights. Weston's going to stay home with Grandma and Grandpa, and we're going to go have some fun. Can I ask something? No. We'll come back to this topic here. We're going to talk about Walla Walla. Where was your lunch meeting, did you say? The one today? Yeah. Soulful Soups? You sure it wasn't a strip club because you have glitter on your face? I have glitter on my face? Yes. No. I was you have divorce thing. dust on your face. <laughs> divorce dust? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was definitely at Soulful Soups. Yeah, under your eye, there's like a hole. Yeah. Anyway, so Walla Walla. I like that yeah, idea. Walla Walla. You know I'm all about experiences over stuff. Heck yeah. And then uh, Arizona end of February. So awesome. back to back kind of stuff. Get some sunshine, replenish the vitamin D for a little bit, and uh, hopefully not check email too often. But so looking forward to that. I, I, I struggle with this time of year, just the darkness and not being able to get outside after work really and go for a walk and kid goes down early so you got to be inside the house and and then just the house flooded too so there's been that (laughs) insurance company doesn't want to pay for it all so i'm out of pocket the last two weeks have been spent paying it our upstairs is under construction now the downstairs is under construction can we talk about how lucky you got with your living situation when your house flooded because I, I love just share that with everybody my basically basically dropped my in-laws off at the airport to go to Hawaii for three weeks yeah they live really rough life and then uh, like the next day our house flooded the basement flooded and surf froze in there tearing stuff apart on Monday the upstairs started on construction so basically we had scaffolding in basements and living rooms torn apart and we said okay we're moving out. So we moved into the in-laws' house for a week until some of the house was put back together, or at least Surf Pro was out of there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was quite the experience. But man, trying to get a two-year-old up in the morning, deal with the dog. My wife leaves at 6 a.m., leaves the house at 6 a.m., get him to daycare. So it's just a, I was like, ah, this is fun. This is an experience. Some people are like, Ben, I do that every day. <laughs> like, well, I don't. And I don't want to. Uh, so that was a lot. Yeah, there's just been a lot of a lot, and it just I'm ready for a break. I think just like you are, it's like just a mental break, really. So, uh, I, I've been looking at some days where I thought maybe I would take an afternoon off and just go have some fun, do something, even if I got to get outside in the cold, just get outside, go for a hike or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I go to take a day off, though, inevitably Weston gets sick on that day, and I have to stay home anyways. <laughs> yeah, like you little bugger, why did you know that I was taking a day off and you got sick? Oh, but. Uh, in other news, Stephen's been wanting to tell everybody this for a long time, but he's... Five fucking weeks. But he's been having to... <laughs> <laughs> been I having haven't to keep, told a soul. Keep, keep it in. 
so this is the first time that it's been publicly put out there at least is Lauren and I are pregnant with our second child so by the time this comes out we'll be 17 weeks along so we're getting to the point where we started to feel comfortable at least making it a little more public a lot of things can happen and we've had a lot of friends have uh, miscarriages so uh, and that's something we could talk about that entirely I mean that's a different thing like a lot of people have miscarriages and don't talk about them so uh, we told our close friend group because those would be the people that would want to lean on in the event that something ever did happen, right? And you told me as well. <laughs> yeah. <I> said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that same vein of friends. So, yep. So, in early July, 4th of July, baby, basically, is the, is the date. So, we'll have a little summer baby, sounds like. So, Weston will have a uh, brother or sister. Not sure which one. And we might not find out. Which was an entirely different thing. Just my planner mindset. My wife was like, "What if we didn't find out?" I'm like, "What? Well, what if we didn't find out?" What? I like that. That's how my brothers and have done it. Really? Yeah. They just find out when they find out. Either it has a penis or no penis. Yeah. On the so yeah, kiddo on the way now. Before house, house before we move be on. Yeah. You gave me a different reason for not being able to tell people. You told me that it was because you hadn't told some family and you didn't want to upset people, and that pissed me off because I was like, well, you shouldn't have told me because now I've got to carry this weight around, and I want to talk about it, and we've had multiple interviews, and I've been excited for you, and I'm like, oh, I can't say shit. (laughs) This is a good lesson in restraint for you. (laughs) You you, you need those. (laughs) Lesson in restraint. And then when we're with people that I don't know if they know, or, and I'm like, oh, well, should I say something? Should I, like, we're talking about babies, we're talking about... Yeah. <laughs> well, now it's out there. Okay. You don't have to worry. <sighs> uh, I'll be getting the snippy snippy after baby comes. Yeah, you better. College is expensive. What's expensive? College. Uh, oh, I, th- I thought you were saying getting a snip was expensive. Well, no, well, that's... I heard that feels like just getting repeatedly punched in the balls is what it feels like, actually, or kicked. <laughs> Rather you than me. Well, I can show you. <clears throat> no, thanks. Just kick you. Um, so there's that, and then uh, work's been good. Uh, off to a decent month so far, actually, So which is good. If I could do this every month, it'd be a great year. But uh, little January s- action. Just still a little tired, you know. And again, this time of year, I'm always a little tired. Mm-hmm. But just a little hard to find the motivation, and I think th- that does stem back to needing some you know, mental health, <laughs> you know, taking, taking a half day, taking a Saturday morning or whatever it is and just going for a walk, being alone, going for a bike ride, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've done a little more in terms of just being quiet in the mornings, which has been helpful too, you know, so going to be looking at doing that a little bit more. I guess we do sleep, slip a little accountability in there, so I'm putting it out there. So I uh, need to take a little bit of a, of a mental health break and, and replenish the replenish the bucket before dumping any more out. Well, you know, when it comes to the mental health stuff, I think often we forget that people that are mentally strong also need to take that time. Like right now, I I mean, I've had a great month. I went to Green Bay, saw my Packers. Yeah. You know, December was fun as well. I've, I, it's, it's really, I think, from the outside looking in, I think a lot of, and I'm going to use myself as an example here, I think a lot of people just always assume that I'm great, and I usually am, but it doesn't mean I wake up like that, it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of work that goes into getting me there, I've got some shitty things going on just now, a lot of things I'm dealing with, 
but I refuse to be a, a victim, you know? I refuse to sort of, I'll carry the weight, but I'll also do the things that I'll manage it. I need to do. So that's, yeah. for me, it's non-negotiables like working out. It's, I isolated myself for a minute. I think I mentioned to you that some of my friends were like, yeah, we knew we just had to give you time. You do this thing where when you're down in the dumps, you just isolate, you you do your own thing. And I, I find my way back around. I, but I think sometimes people that are mentally strong need you more than you think. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put myself in that. I think I, I am fairly mentally strong. Like the shit that would make other people stay at home and do the shit that, um, you know, like not go to the gym and not take care of themselves. I just I, I'm not wired like that, and I'm glad I'm not wired like that. And oh, I find I think you find comfort in your routine in times like that too. Absolutely, right? Talk about going to the gym and your comfort zone, but. Um, I, I hate having nothing to do. I hate it. That drives me bananas. Well, it just lets your mind run too. It gives you time yeah. to let your mind run. But do you want to jump into the topic? Sure. Pause. I want you. Oh, Before on. we do, I gotta pee. All right. <laughs> so Ben just came back from his potty break. Do you want to say what you just said when you walked in the room here, Ben? Not really. Please say it because it's funny. <laughs> I was like. I told I walked in and told Steven I, like, I have not smelt I can't remember what my words were. A I've never smelled a smellier shit is what you said. <laughs> then <laughs> the one that that person in the bathroom is currently releasing. Well if you need to pee again I'll give you my keys and you can use the downstairs bathroom. I about I literally walked in, walked up to the urinal and went <gasps> like it took my breath away. It was so bad. I had to put I immediately I've never had to immediately put my I was like scrambling to put my shirt over my nose as I'm going to the bathroom it, oh did you take note of what shoes it was we can no I couldn't them? even look I didn't my eyes were watering I didn't even <laughs> stick around it was so bad something died oh, in that, that bathroom that poor person <laughs> you know they're embarrassed sitting there as well like they're just horrified and the noise you made how, how did that go <laughs> and I'm trying not to breathe when I'm in there, so I'm like oh. turning red, I'm like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. As you all can see, I am a 12 year old boy <laughs> and have the humor of a 12 year old boy. And I'm glad we got that recorded. Yeah. So today's topic, and we're not talking about people taking shits. Is not people taking poopoos. Okay. <laughs> no poopoo top. No, no poo-poo. No, no poo-poo. That's like talking to Weston. Weston, you go poo-poo? Yeah. Poop. Big poop, Weston says. Wow. <laughs> when I go in in the morning, it's like, did you poop? Pooped. Big poop. I'm like, oh, great. Lucky me. But we're going to work on potty. There you go, here, everybody. So. You're welcome. I, I hope you enjoyed your laugh. Hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. And I'm just glad you can't smell it. <laughs> me too. Woo-wee. I think smell is my superpower, by the way. Like, I have, I can smell like a hound dog. Me too. I smell stuff when other people can't. Uh, me too. Which is really bad when other people smell bad. Cause yeah. You want to tell them, but nobody else has noticed it. And you ask people, like, hey, can you smell? No, I can't smell anything. And then they're and like, like, so I'm the jerk. Okay. That's... No, I can straight up smell. Someone Some has straight shat. Up beer. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, poopy in your pants? <laughs> you need a diaper change? Anyway, why don't you frame what we're going to talk I'm about? I'm going to frame what we're talking about, which I already did initially. But maybe maybe we should read a couple of things here. And 
I posted something actually in our devotional that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I think it ties along actually pretty well with the idea of passion and leadership, right? And how we're talking about, hey, in anything, and I'll tell you the line I tell new people, but this goes, it says, age tends to turn a flame into embers. The fire needs fresh fuel always, right? And so the idea of even that with passion, right? It's like, mm-hmm. passion is something that, I, I mean, you can talk about that too, but I think passion is something that is inherent for the most part, but it does. You go through times where people, you know, life, whatever it is, age, it kind of pops your bubble with regard to passion, right? Mm-hmm. And people follow leaders who are passionate and driven and really, I mean, you can trick someone into following you just by being severely passionate about whatever the topic is that you're leading them on, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of today's topic. Uh, I'm not sure. This is, again, free form. You know how Stephen and I work at this point. So we're going to talk a little bit about passion. But I'll kick it off in terms of what I tell people that want to get into finance because uh, it's kind of leadership, but it's passion in general, right? So I always say in anything, really, this applies to anything. I guess it doesn't matter. It's not necessarily finance, but it's like finance in particular. It's like you go through five years of not making any money, and it's really hard to get started. Same with your industry, right? Sales in general, to some degree. It's really hard to be successful in sales, especially if it's in an area that you are not passionate about or striving to do something that you're not passionate about. So in anything, it's like if you want to be really good at it and the people who are really good at their crafts are those that are incredibly passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like you think about entrepreneurs and those people who start a business. They don't start a business purely for the sake of starting a business. I'm sure some do. But it's like they started because it's something that they're passionate about. And a lot of the time it was a hobby or something that they just love to do on the side, right? It's their passion. And then they parlay that into a business and income's revenue and they grow it. And they grow it and want to see it succeed, not necessarily always because of the money, but because that's passion, they're passionate about it, or they're passionate mm-hmm. about the people that they they lead. They're the people that are underneath that business and seeing them grow up to become something great. This obviously, your thought for this was born from weird. Uh, it's a biblical devotional group, I guess you mm-hmm. would call it. Yeah. It's uh, ten days to better spiritual leadership, right? Yep. And I want to preface this by saying that probably for the last six months or so. Now, I believe there's something bigger than us. God, universe, whatever you want to call it, however you relate to it. Well, you're Catholic. Yeah, raised Catholic. But I'm right in the midst of probably having the biggest doubts about faith in my entire life. Not, I don't want you to think that it's because of what we just talked about. I'm talking last six months to a year has just been... We'll call it, like, questioning a lot. I've not gone to church as much as I had been. You know, I've I've been reading on other religions a lot, uh, including Judaism, which has always been one that I've admired. I love the um, the pursuit there of truth and the pursuit there. They actually encourage people that, I forget what they call it, but basically at 18 they're able to go and travel and, and visit and explore. It's like and explore. Yeah. Um but essentially they're encouraged to question everything. And I never got that. I was always the bastard that questioned everything in RE class at school, because I went to a Catholic school, right? Mm. So I was the kid that when I asked an engaging question, if I asked it of you or I asked it of people now, 
people would look at it as a sign of intelligence. Essentially, I got smacked back down by an absolute horrid, horrid man. Like, I wouldn't piss on the guy if he was in fire, and there's not very many people I say that about. But I wasn't allowed to ask these questions. He wasn't a priest, he was just a teacher. And he essentially discouraged all of us from questioning our faith. Well, now I'm at the point that I'm doing this, so it's interesting that this was born of that from you. Um, But talking about passion, when we had Mark Smith on here, uh, we interviewed him. Obviously a guy from my past. One of the best lessons... What's that? From the cheese state. From Wisconsin. Uh, he's actually from Michigan. He lives in Michigan now, but he was in Wisconsin at the time, but now he's moved back to Michigan, but that's a whole different Is that story. like recently? Because they were in the process yeah, of selling Yeah, they were house, in the process right? of selling in Wisconsin. Posting pictures from the lake or something. Yeah, so that's in nice. Michigan. Okay. That's in uh, Little Traverse, Traverse City. Is that where Michigan. his cabin was or something? Yeah, that's where they've just finished his wife's dream home, which is on the lake. Sweet. Um, beautiful place. We'll suck. have to get up there. Um, well, when I say we, I'm going to get up there and visit. But uh, he was able to verbalize something that I always knew, and I think everybody knows. He said, passion is caught, not taught. Right? And you touched on some things. I think there's a lot of people that get really, really good at vocations whether it be jobs or volunteerism or sports but they're not passionate about it mm-hmm. right there are there are accountants that hate what they do on a day-to-day basis there's lawyers that hate what they do on a day-to-day basis there's people in your industry that hate what they do yeah oh gosh yes they're not passionate about it now not everybody can take a passion or a hobby and make a living from it but i think what people forget to do is take the things they're passionate about and carve out time for them. Yeah. And when you can be passionate about what you do for a living, I think it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. When you can be passionate about a career, when you can be passionate about a vocation, then it just it gets done so much better. Well, I'll add to that too, and that I always tell people it's like you either need to be, have a job that you're truly passionate about or a hobby that you're truly passionate with a job that funds that hobby at least right Mm -hmm. it's like so that you have a why for why you're going to work it's like because not everybody is oh my gosh i love my job but i mean if you hate your job that's one thing probably don't do it but (laughs) if you're like you know what it's it's a job it pays my bills i'm I'm content then okay great but if you hate your life yeah find a different job but you know, you just get those people who, you know who you are, that love, just absolutely in love with their job. Yeah. And that's great. That's awesome. We all want that, right? It's like if you can love your job and love your life outside, pff, winning. But I think it's hard to be a true leader if you're like, God, this company sucks. Like, I hate what we're doing. Follow me, guys. Let's go. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, how can, how can you do that if you have a negative mindset around the place that you're at? Or the, or the chosen, basically, area in which you're practicing or, or working. Yeah. And I can probably speak to this on a personal level. I absolutely love what I do. Mm-hmm. I hate how other people do it. Yeah. And what I mean well, by that and is... And you could speak to it with soccer, I was going to say, too. So don't forget that. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I, I, we'll get there, I'm sure. But when I first started, it was a means to an end. I was going to learn about payments. I was going to make a lot of money. I was going to do what had to be done. And then the first two months, people can't see what I'm doing with my hands here, but one hand's up high and one hand's down low. The hand up high was the amount of cold calling I was doing. I was picking up the phone. I was walking businesses, essentially canvassing yeah. an area. And down here was the amount of networking I was doing. Almost none, except the people I knew that owned businesses already that I was leaning on, right? 
And about two months in, I made this decision that those hands were going to do this. Yeah, invert them. The other one was going up and the cold calling and the canvassing was going down. Now, I'm still very proficient at that, should I choose to do it. And when I go and visit bank branches and such, I can go out and cold call. I can introduce myself to strangers and I'm good at it. And I get a lot of joy that way. But it's no fun. It's not as much fun as being able to go for lunch with you or other friends and run into three or four people from around town and create an appointment that way mm-hmm. or you know go and visit with a bar owner or a business owner and be like hey who are three people you know that you think I should know let's introduce them let's take them for a beer let's go for dinner let's do something fun this weekend bring them along you know I'm doing it the fun way and I'm doing it oh, 100%. much fewer 100%. hours much fewer hours right well and I, you're, I bet you your sales cycle is a lot shorter too when you're doing it that way and you get that earned trust from somebody else like you and I go to lunch yeah. I introduce you to somebody like oh he's a friend of Ben's he's a confidant I'm like yeah usually that makes him run the other way but um, you, I have to re-win him over you know <laughs> you gotta be like no 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 you know Ben I, you must be I kid of Bad. course no but a warm a warm lead like that a warm referral it's just so much easier it's so much more palatable and then you talked about the soccer thing I lived my dream well that's what I was you let me I want to go preface this it in a certain way too because it's like you were passionate about it and you were a leader in it but you didn't enjoy it nope. which is interesting right <laughs> we're talking about like you got to be passionate to lead which you were mm-hmm. but sometimes you were so passionate and people didn't share your passion no that makes it very hard to lead because it's very frustrating i would i would rephrase what you said i think everybody shared the passion what people liked was the vision or the pathway they, they didn't believe in the process well i think they all had the passion but i think some of them were passionate about their kids who probably weren't so athletically inclined to get that scholarship yeah. that you're, even I mean, like, people beyond that i'm talking people that were making a living from it oh okay. what i think a big part of passion and i hope this is somewhat impactful when i say this you have to believe in the process all right and by that i mean you have to devote yourself to constantly getting better. You've never arrived, especially in sport, whether you're a coach, a player, a board member. But as soon as you... You have literally never arrived. You always have someone else on the horizon who's starting a club, who's able to do a move you can, that can score 50 points when you can only mm-hmm. score 40 points. You've mm-hmm. never arrived. You have to... And, and I think the perfect parallel is talking about Kobe Bryant. You want to talk about somebody that devoted themselves to a passion and a cause... That guy in the off-season, he took two weeks off and then he was going and going, well, this year I struggled playing in the post. So what did he do? He sought out Hakeem Olajuwon and he one of the best post players of all time and he learned the, the Hakeem shake, you know, the, the, the dream fade away. He, he learned how to play in the post and then the next year, well, I wasn't good at three-pointers so I'm going to work on three-pointers. I'm going to focus on that. And you talk about being passionate about something but also known he never ever arrived it was always it was relentless it was always trying to get better and be better and that's well that's passion about process man i mean you're passionate about the yeah, process the process yeah. is more important than the destination well the process why, is the fun part yeah i was gonna say you got to enjoy the process that's why you got to be passionate because if you're only in it for the end result that's why i tell people don't get into finance for money it's like if you're only in it for the end result the process will kill you mm-hmm <laughs> I mean, the yeah. process will eat you up and spit you out, and you'll never get to the end result. So, and then you'll say, "Well, I it's that that, that process is broken." So, no, it's not the process that's broken; it's your passion and your will to actually achieve 
or do the process to get mm-hmm. to the end result that's broken. Well, I bet you've experienced this, and then I'm going to shut up for a minute because I feel like all I've done is talk. Um, no, that's good. I'm sure you've experienced where someone can recite every leadership and management book back and forward and inside out to you. Yeah. But then you see them interacting with people, and they might be able to quote, they might be able to speak high level about that stuff, but they haven't ever put themselves into the process and said, I'm going to live this, I'm going to embody this. Yeah. This is going to be um, something that I manifest on a day-to-day basis. Well, those are the types of people that need a partner, yeah. right? I, we were talking about this the other day. It's like there's people who are researchers, you know, and they're learners, and they just want to learn, and they never act on it, though. Mm-hmm. It's like so they have this big brain <laughs> and no ability to act or no drive to act they're just like oh no, no just, when I'm ready I'll, I'll, I'll go it's like I see this in finance like they get designation after designation yet they have a 10 million dollar book that they of clients they manage like dude you have every designation possible and you from an intellect level are superior to 99% of advisors yet you won't pick up the phone and call someone that could be a great client so mm-hmm. it's like at some point it's like you just need to act right so it's like leaders. The best leaders aren't the ones that, you know, are super intelligent. They're the ones that act. That uh, I can't remember what book it was or, or, or uh, what podcast I was listening to. And it might have been a Simon Sinek one. It was with they were talking about General Petraeus, Petraeus making a decision. Yeah, don't pull that. Out. Oh, did I pull some? Making a decision uh, as far as um, which direction to go in war, basically. And they were saying he had multiple teams come in. Each of them had done six months worth of research, basically, on which direction they should go. And at the end of a one-hour meeting, he said, we're going with option A. And uh, it was the guy, I can't remember, whoever the author was of this, and someone will probably tell me later on after this comes out, because they always do, is, oh, that was so-and-so. But he was like, how did you make a decision so quickly on just A? How did you know it was the right decision? He's like, it's the right decision because it's the decision I made, basically. Yeah. Right? It's and sometimes, a decision. Yeah, it's a decision. So sometimes it's like, you know what? It's going to be the right decision because it's a decision I made, and we're going to course correct if need be down the road, right? So at some point, you just need to act. And that passion, though, is what's going to drive you to the next step each time when it's hard. And when you make that first step, and then you figure out, okay, it was a little bit off course, I need to course shift. Oh, it was the next was also, you're always gonna have to course shift, right? You're always gonna have to make things different. But the passion to mm-hmm. get to the end result, I think is what's gonna drive you. So, and that passion has to be the same with leadership. If you don't like managing people, I mean, you gotta love people to be a leader. Yeah. If you're not passionate about people and seeing them succeed, you're not gonna be, well, you won't be a leader, and, and you might be in a management position, but you're not going to be somebody who leads. Well, there's another fun way to demonstrate that. You have to know where you're going, right? There has to be an, an objective, a why, a, a reason. But then the process only matters if you have that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, so the, the, the example I would give is Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen the movie, have yeah. you read the book? Yeah. So Alice is lost, and she comes to a fork in the road. And that's where she meets the Cheshire Cat. Yep. Yeah, that's a great line. And this is good stuff. She, uh, she obviously is disturbed and distressed that she doesn't know where to go. And the Cheshire Cat says, well, where are you trying to get to? And she says, I don't know. And he said, then either road will do. Yeah. And he's right. It doesn't yeah. matter if you make a wrong decision. You have to pick one of them. Otherwise, you, you've got to go backwards, right? Yeah. So I love that line. And I love that 
symbology there. Like, yeah, if you don't know where you're going, either road works. But if you've got a clear pathway, then and you believe in the process, then just pick one and go. But even if there's a why, mm-hmm. if you sit there and you analyze which direction you should go, my chair's really squeaky. Today. Good luck. Yeah, I noticed that. But if you sit there and analyze which direction you should go, left or right. Which direction you want to go? Well, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like, you might never make a decision. Sometimes you just need to make a decision and move forward and pick your path. Have we talked about perfectionism before? Have we talked about the, have I given you my theory on that? I'm sure it's the same theory that I have. 80% is perfect. No. <laughs> perfectionists aren't perfectionists. Perfectionists are the way they are because they're scared of making a mistake. Procrastinators? They're, they won't make a decision, bec- not because they want it to be perfect, but because they think making a mistake is a bad thing. And the people that aren't perfectionists, the people that are like, look, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to trust the process. You know, um, again, coming back to Kobe Bryant, and I love how much what he did on the basketball court and his mentality can mirror life. There was a quote, and I want to say he was having a terrible night shooting three-pointers. I think he went like 30 shots and only made four of them, Hmm. five of them. And the reporter after the game said, do you think you should have shared the ball more? And he said, no. I would rather make four shots out of 30 than make one shot out of four because I'm still trying, I'm not scared, I'm going to keep taking that shot till it goes in type thing. And that's where I'm at on perfectionism. It's like, you know, perfectionists are rarely passionate about anything because they can't be because you can't do something to perfection. You can get better at things, but, you know, circling back around to the passion thing, it's it's hard to be a perfectionist and be passionate because you're never going to reach it. Yeah, you're probably frustrated a lot. <laughs> when was the last time you did anything perfectly? Oh, pff, all the time. I'm Ben. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Very rarely, Stephen. Very rarely, no. for being honest. Sounds like that person in the bathroom had a perfect dump. Ah, uh, perfectly stinky. <laughs> perfectly stinky, but... No, I just thought this was an interesting topic for today, you know, a little bit of that passion is something that I think you and I could talk for hours and hours on, but just the little 15 minutes that we've taken yeah. here to chat, you know, I think you have to be passionate to lead. You don't have to be passionate always, you know, whenever the topic is necessary that you're leading in, but if you are, that's certainly going to help. But you, if you're not passionate about the topic, you got to be passionate about the people and seeing them succeed. I wish, so, so we, um... This is kind of a sidebar, but we got some videos today of the first video podcast we did. Yeah. And the first thing that struck me was, God, I looked in. My eyes were open. I was talking passionately. And I think I'm going to figure out how we can do that to impart some of our passion about this and leadership and all the things we do. Like when we start talking. We're going to be on camera again. Well, one of the things is people hear passion. And we get feedback on that. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys do a great job. You know, your, your dynamic is cool and funny. And when you rip on each other, it's even great. And well, and you other. also worked on being nicer too. <laughs> so you've been working on that. <laughs> you've been better at it. That's an ongoing thing. I think if people saw how passionate we were, I just think it could it would be different. We're going to start doing some visual podcasts and more videos and yeah. get more content for the social medias and share. By the way... Whoa. Did you notice all the likes on our Facebook today? I found out we can both go into our friend groups and invite our entire friend group to like us on the Facebook and get more engagement. I did not. I haven't looked at Facebook. I'll show you how to do it. 
But yeah, I was like, whoa, where did... I think it's a new option. I think that's why I literally have been getting asked to like a thousand different pages for the last month. I noticed that of, yeah. Yeah, I did it. I was like, well, if everybody else is doing it. Why not? So I think we've had like a hundred likes today. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Based on that. That's pretty good for us, guys. That's pretty good for us. Not many people like us. So Ben, have you got anything that you would wrap up with in terms of passion? No, nothing in particular other than just, you know, if you're not passionate about where you're at, find somewhere to be passionate. Yeah. I would say... Change your situation. Naturally, if you're passionate about something, people are going to be inspired by you and by your passion. Um, I have a quote. Yeah, we can end this with a quote. Well, I hope so. It's a Kobe Bryant quote. Um, I was going to post it this morning. You know, I do my quotes. It actually popped up in my app. And it says, the most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that, right in and of itself, there's so many takeaways from that. First thing is that just because you're passionate about it doesn't mean everybody else is passionate about it. And second thing 100%. is that it doesn't mean that your passion can't be caught. I said it, it's taught, caught, not taught. Oh, that's totally true. So, you know, by living and being an embodiment of passion and solid leadership, you will inspire people, not just in what you do, but in what they're passionate about, what they find is their their love. Cool. It's been a somber one today. A little bit. But good. I, I, I mean, it got good. The passion yeah. sounds good, but... And no, a little somber, but hey, you know, sometimes that's life, right? And if it's like we're trying to be real on the podcast, mm-hmm. hopefully you guys all hang on with us through this. Stephen will be in a in a joyous mood next time. I'm not in a bad mood per se. I'm just carrying a lot of heavy shit just now. But and I know well, what, I know one thing that would make me feel a lot better. No, bad boy. <laughs> bad Stephen. Down. <laughs> that's, please don't say that. That's not what I'm talking about. Yes, um, it is. No. Um, Okay, well, you guys, thank you for tuning in today. Appreciate you guys listening, as always. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Rate us, review us. We're played on every platform. So if you didn't know that, tell your friends to listen to us on Google Play, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, other stuff. (laughs) I was just going to see how long. I know, I knew you were. (laughs) Steven's looking at me like, what else he got? Yeah, so until the next time. Be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom. Dear Basketball. From the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body, to my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, deeply in love with you. I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart. Because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and the hurt. 
Not because Challenge called me. But because you called me. I did everything for you. Because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream. And I'll always love you for it. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding. My mind can handle the grind. But my body knows it's time to say goodbye. And that's okay. I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now so we both can savor every moment we have left together. The good and the bad. We have given each other all that we have. And we both know, no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, five seconds on the clock, ball in my hands. Five, four, three, two, Love you always, Kobe.